as someone that is new to investing, this is a very helpful platform to help me grow my knowledge. Keep up the good work. Awesome podcast. Very informative. I love this podcast. It's the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast. A production of the Jamaica Stock Exchange in partnership with Hanika Watkins Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Join us every Monday at 6 a.m. for a new episode. Your path to understanding wealth starts now. the Jamaica Stock Exchange and you podcast and I am your host Henica Watkiss Porter. One on one educational services is the Caribbean's most prominent education technology company. Its award-winning learning management system delivers personalized online on-demand and leading edge learning solutions. The invitation for a subscription of 380 million ordinary shares in one-on-one educational services limited opened and closed on the same day, August 12, 2022. The company brought in $3 billion for its IPO. One-on-one listing makes it the 100th active company to be listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange in its 53-year history. It will become the 46th company on the junior market, the fifth listing on the said market in 2022. To share more on this is the president and CEO of the company, Richard Ricardo Allen. To share more on this is the president and CEO of the company, Ricardo Allen. Welcome, 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 Ricardo. Thanks for having me, Annika. How are you doing? I am doing exceptionally well. I'm fabulous, you know, blessed and highly favored and all of those lovely stuff. And how are you? I feel like 100. <laughs> one and one gives you 100, eh? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I feel very good. You know, very happy to, to be here joining you on this podcast and just talking about some of the exciting things that has happened over the past month, I would say. Yes. Um, and, and certainly looking to, to the future and our listing, obviously, and then the future. Right. And you have every reason to feel the way that you feel right now, because, I mean, opening on the 12th of August, I mean, we, we had we had in, we, we thought that it was going to be closed on the 19th, I think. Yeah. And it was closed on the very same day at 4 p.m. on August 12th. Um, were you expecting this to happen, Ricardo? You know, can I be very honest with you, Annika? I mean, yes. coming into a process like this, you know, you, you really don't know what to expect, especially with the time um, that it is now. There, you know, a lot of liquidity in the market. But we really felt like we had a very good product, right? And we had a very clear value proposition of, you know, pretty much connecting people to knowledge um, online. And, you know, many people have, you know, shared with us that we have one of the most transparent prospectors that they have read where we pretty much share some, in some cases, overshared information so that investors had um, enough time to read the prospectus, digest the prospectus. You would have seen too, Enika, that no less than nine brokerage houses mm-hmm. would have written their pieces recommending our stock 
and, and giving a buy recommendation because we gave them enough time to digest the information, to do their independent research, and so to put out these recommendations. And also, we felt that, certainly the board felt that we wanted the two weeks as a pre-opening period to ensure that our teachers, which was the, 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 the big part of our push to get the teachers to buy into this IPO, that they got the chance to open up their investment accounts and so on. So all in all, I must tell you that we expected, we expected a big take-up, but I must be honest with you, man. Three billion. Three, three billion. billion. Come on. Three billion, you know, three billion, billion right? Like, <laughs> like when I saw that, man, I was like, wow, you know, we, we wanted the 358 million in terms of cash, obviously 380 million shares. And, you know, we got that. And then, Enika, we, we had over 16,000 subscriptions, you know. Mm -hmm. These are 16,000 persons who would have wanted our stock to buy us the stock. And, you know, we got down to about 15,500 in the end, which would make us um, the largest number of subscribers or, or, or shareholders at the mm -hmm. start of, of right. any junior market IPO. So, you know, it has certainly exceeded our expectation. We expected big things. We expected the teachers to have participated. But I would be lying if I told you that we were expecting over three billion and so on. It was overwhelming, and we are very happy about it. Right, and you know, and rightfully so. You know, as an investor too, I sit from this, you know, th this position of feeling a bit ambivalent. Very happy about the success so far, right. but a bit ambivalent and discontented. <laughs> Because when we look into the basis of allotment, right, and we see the various pools, you know, let's talk about that a little, the elephant in the room. Let's address the different pools that, that were there. Some of us think that it wasn't so equitably, no, Ricardo? Well, well <laughs> let's have a discussion on that, right? Yes. So we, we had, as you know, one and one had a number of pools, right? We started out with the, the general pool, right? And mm -hmm. that general pool had roughly about 31% of the total. So we're selling, the company is valued 1.9 billion. We're selling 20% of that, which is 380 million. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of that 380 million, it's broken down into pools, right? And right. if you were to look at the pools, we start at the very top, Eneka, where you, you talk about the general pool, 31%, okay? Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that the FSC, while they, re they, they recommend, you know, companies to, to make available about 40% of any share offer um, available to the general pool, meaning non-reserve, I can tell you that the minimum that you could go was 20%, and we decided to go 31%, right? That's number one. The second pool we had there were the teachers, and you talk about the teachers being 30 million shares of the 380 million, so that came out to a shade over 7%. That general pool, by the way, 31% translated to about 121 million. So, so you got 31% of 380, 121 million. Then you had the teachers, uh, a shade over 7%, and then that now um, translated to about 30 million shares. Now, I could make an argument, you know, that if we did not have the teachers mm -hmm. as a key partner pool, what would have happened is that the 30 million there would have gone to the general pool. But I just want to remind your audience that the teachers represents over 24,000 teachers are in Jamaica. Usually when you have reserve pool, it's, it's locked into a small grouping. So, you know, team members, key partners, like 100 people. So I can tell you that the, the teacher pool was designed in such a way that it covers a very wide base, right? But we had 30 million there, no problem. 
And then we had another pool for one-on-one -on -one team members. Now, this is important because obviously we're a very people-centric company. Uh, we believe a lot in our culture and so on. And we also believe that our team, they have spent a lot of time building our company. So we set aside 30 million for that grouping as well. We also had 30 million for Sajikor team members. Sajikor, by the way, our first <coughs> Claire's throat. Students. Okay. There we go, right? <laughs> the, our first two students were from Sajikor team members who sent their children to one-on-one -on -one in our early days. And so we've really, really been helped by Sajikor over the years. And so we, we, you know, we had a 30 million set aside for them. And then finally, we had you know, what I call the key strategic partners, that was about 60 million shares representing a very nice chunk of the total 380 that was there. Now, outside of that, we had the conversion pool, as you know, Enika, mm -hmm. where we had, you know, a, a very special, um, I, I don't want to call it debt, but, uh, you know, a, a little quasi-equity, quasi-debt arrangement. What I mean is that kind of half-debt, half-equity arrangement with Pan-Jamaica, and Sajikor um, would have given us money a year and a half ago. And we pretty much had in that agreement to convert these funds into shares in the business. So you could not get out of that. Right. And so we had a situation where 120 for the general pool, uh, we had 100 and let's say 10 million for the conversion pool. And then we had a total of, I would say, another, you know, let, let's call that 150 million. Locked up between teachers, key partners, employees, and surgical um, team members. And people would have said, Enika, boy, the, the, the general pool is too small. It's 30%, right? It's, it's, it's just too small, but it was the largest pool. But not only was it the largest pool, I'll tell you this. If we were, hypothetically, Enika, to not have a teacher's pool, and let's say we did not have a key strategic partner pool, so now you, you add to the 121, the 30 million for teachers, 60 million for these key strategic partners, okay? And let's say we did not have an employee reserve pool, neither did we have a surgical pool, okay? We would have had a total of about 270 million, Henneke, in terms of, you know, shares available for the general pool out of the 380. Because follow me now, we have 380. And let's say we had no reserve pool outside, outside of the convertible note. We have had approximately 270 million available for the general pool. But I want you to follow me now and your audience to follow me now, Enika, right? Just follow me here, right? 15,000 applicants. Of that 15,000 applicants, most of the applicants, more than 25%, so the top 75% of applicants, apply for more than 10,000 shares, okay? So we can agree that most people apply for more than 10,000 shares. Okay? So we have 15,000 applying for more than 10,000. That means if you take the 15,000 and the 10,000, it's 150 million already. So that 150 million would have exhausted the 121 million that's there for the general public. No. That's why the minimum could not have been 10,000. The minimum had to be a number less than 10,000 to allow everyone to get that minimum because had it been 10,000, we would have had 150 million and we only have space for 120 million. So now, now you, you start there. In fact, even if we had closed in a minute, you'd have had that problem because, you know, we had all these people stacked up at the door. and Right, and people were know. applying in that pre-open um, period, you know. Um, well, well, yeah, they were expressing their interest. Expressing and interest because it wasn't really processed until... Secondly, no. So we have already dispelled the whole thought that we, we, we've just explained why it was the case where 
the, 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 the minimum had to be a 5,000 plus the excess, okay? Because mm -hmm. the monies that we received just from the 15,000 on average would have exceeded, even if we were to give everybody 10,000, would have exceeded the 121 million. So that, that's that, okay? Now, let, let's move on to the next point. But, you know, why we had to have all of these reserve shares? Why the teachers had to have one? Why did we have key partners and so on? All right. Well, let's say, for example, that I, we did not have key partners. Now, every business have their own key partners. Obviously, for us, teachers have to build one-on-one. -on -one. We have our key strategic partners. That includes customers and so on. We have our employees, and then we have our surgical people. But that's okay. Let's say we did not have any of those, Enika, and we only had 270 million instead of the 121. So we've added 150 million to the 121 in the general pool, right? Let's say that was the understanding, okay? Here's what we would be looking at. We would be looking at, again, the 15,000 getting 10 million shares, which would take us to 150, right? And then now, you have 150 already shared up amongst 15,000 people, but you have 270 million in the pool, hypothetically speaking. Now, you would have had to take the excess now between 270 and 150, which based on my math is 7 plus 5 is 12. It would be 120, no? So you would have had to take the 120 million that's remaining. And what we will do, we would have to look to the entire applications now, which exceeded 2 billion for the general pool alone in a Henneker. If you took that 120 from the 2.3 billion, for example, that, that was in excess of that 150 million we just spoke about. That excess amount would only have been 5%. What I'm basically explaining to you and the audience is that the best case scenario based on the demand for our IPO, even if we did not have a reserve pool, would have been the first 10,000 shares plus 5% on the excess. So this whole notion that the reserve pools and so on could have been better, it would not have helped in any great way because the maximum addition you would have gotten is probably another 5,000 shares, etc. The demand was simply too great. There were so many people who applied, and that is what caused the distribution to be so low. You came prepared with your math and all of that. You were ready. <laughs> <laughs> but you, know, you know, we're a company built on numbers, you know, and I always tell people, you know, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> the numbers the don't lie they never lie but it doesn't change the fact that we're a bit you know um over this side um we understand but we're disappointed and what we really love though is the fact that the teachers because you know we kept saying that usually teachers are are being pursued you know for loans right so now that they have an opportunity i keep reaching out to some of my teacher colleagues and say hey make sure that you know you apply and and as i say that right here i want to just say that this podcast is not about giving financial advice really it's just mm -hmm. about sharing knowledge and you know uh and talking about right so i'm not giving financial advice here as we go through you talked about what happened in the basis of allotment and you know explaining the different reserve pools and the calculation and the thought process the the deep intensity of it you know you share that. And earlier, we we're talking about the process. And so I want to, to kind of get a sense of 
what has been the journey like for you, journey to IPO? So from the very minute that you thought to yourself with your with your team members, we want to be a listed company. When was that idea, um, that seed planted, and how has the journey been for you with this Jamaica Stock Exchange? Well, well, just to say, and I'm not sure if the answer I'm going to give is the answer you want. I mean, this journey started nine years ago when we just started the business, right? I just want the truth, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, when we started the company, interestingly, we had an exit strategy. Uh, when I say exit, meaning marketability of our share ownership, um, we had that for about three to five years. And boy, were we wrong. You know, so, we, you know, while we started with this intent to, you know, build a company and list it on the exchange, you know, what we found was that there are a number of things that kind of goes into a business. And I tell people all the time that, one of the things I've learned in business is that the first two years is to buy another three years. So you want to survive the first two years so that you can, you know, kind of get some traction and then kind of prove the concept and then continue to grow steadily for the next three years. And then beyond that is when you start making profits. And when I say that, people don't understand. But that's exactly what our journey was, um, was exactly like. We made our first profit in 2018, two years prior to the pandemic. And... When the pandemic happened, I must tell you that we were in such a great position so as far as the technology and content that we had. And we were in a prime position to take advantage of pretty much new demand for online learning, but also to support the thousands of students, governments, and businesses who were displaced as a result of perhaps our most devastating pandemic um, in recent history. And so we made a decision um, I would say probably about 2020 that we're going to strike and, you know, raise the capital required for us to scale the company. Now, our first thought was actually not to raise money on the stock exchange because we felt that we needed it quick and we needed to be able to offer credit to, you know, governments who want to do business with us but don't necessarily have the financing to do it. And so Panjam and Sajikor came on and we raised about 75 million in a private equity deal with them. Um, you know, that deal was structured again with some equity features, debt features and, and convertible into an IPO. So they gave us the capital that we needed to scale and to put certain things in place to ensure that we can not only be a company that is listed, but we can operate as a publicly listed company with sustainable, predictable revenue sources. Um, secondly, we invested a lot in our team um, where, you know, I would say at the start of 2020, we had a team complement of about seven people. And we ended, you know, last month with a team complement in excess of 70 people, right? Because, you know, in preparation for an IPO, it's not just preparing your finances, you know, you have to prepare for your people, the mindset and the, the institutional memory and the strengthening of your management team. Those are some important elements that you need to ensure structure-wise is in place. Now, from a board level, we have, I would say we've always been running a public company privately, you know, because, you know, we have guys like a Douglas Array and Danny Williams and the like who encourages us to, you know, these would have, people would have, these gentlemen would have founded, let's say, a life of Jamaica, Danny did, and Douglas Arrain was the CEO for Grace Kennedy for 25 years. They have a lot of experience running the business. And then you had a Mikey Bernard and the others as our chairman running careers and so on. And so as a young CEO, I learned from the best and I was challenged to 
ensure that I reported to my board in a timely fashion and we always had updated accounts and so on. And so I would say that the, the, the elements were being put in place over the years and the onset of the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw an opportunity to scale our operations to take advantage of the global shift in demand for online learning. And coming out of that, I would say last year, we started focus on ensuring that all our documentation and so on, you know, those were in place. Um, I would say from the summer of last year, we would have started our audits and so on. And, you know, it's a long process, but it's certainly enjoyable once it's ended. And I would say that when we seriously kind of took it on, um, after preparing all of that was probably about six months ago, when we started putting things in motion, we would have signed the mandate with our brokers about six months ago. And we've been kind of working with our lawyers, brokers, and everyone to make this uh, moment possible. So while it started nine years ago, Henneke, I would say that um, two years ago when we raised the money through Panjam Sajikor, that was a big boost for us. We invested in our people, um, more on our structure. And obviously, our board kind of kept us honest throughout that entire process. And then the six-month sprint then. So <laughs> I see it as a 400-meter race. You jog the race, and then you kind of sprint the last 100, you know? So that's been the experience for us, but it's been quite enjoyable, I must say. By the time this podcast um, airs, I'm mm -hmm. sure you would have been listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. You know, wonderful ceremony happening. So this conversation is happening pre-that. And right. so... Looking forward to being the 100th listed company on the, which is active because of course, you know, we've had over a hundred companies listing before, but in terms of what, you know, who's active, uh, what are you looking forward to about that moment? How excited are you and your team, Ricardo? No, man, we're geared up, tangled <laughs> up, wrapped up in Jesus, ready to go, man. Like, hey, listen, I like it. <laughs> I, I tell you, man, we are so excited. It's, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. You know, one of the things I wanted to ensure was that this IPO was not about Ricardo Allen, mm -hmm. but was about our team. I mean, we have a team of 70 young people who, you know, with our board, um, young and experienced, obviously, some top-class people. Um, our executive team, Dr. Anderson, or CFO, come straight back. Um, you know, we, we've such a really good team and, you know, one of the biggest thing for me and certainly the proudest moment is to, to have, or to, to, to be the CEO or, or to lead a team like, like this, right. I'm truly inspired by even them. And, you know, it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be reflective. It's going to be, um, a true win for entrepreneurship in this country. Anika. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a company that was started, you know, you know, I tell people all the time, I will share more on your podcast, but in 2013, I had a Fulbright scholarship to go to one of the best universities in the world to do a master's degree in financial engineering. I had just completed an actual exam that I was awarded a perfect score after using some videos to prepare for the exams. And I had about a thousand students coming to me for physical classes at one-on-one. -on -one. I made a decision at that time to quit my job and start making math videos for people. Many people at the time felt that, boy. And what possess you? Know, you? <laughs> yeah, man. Boy, boy, I was a madman. In Jamaica, <laughs> colloquial term that, are you mad? You get this scholarship to go away and think once in a lifetime opportunity. And I, and I made a bet on myself. One, I was 24 years old, so I thought I had time. But secondly, I just felt that my purpose in life is to inspire people to, to be able to learn 
and, and to acquire knowledge because it did so much for me as a guy who grew up in Rebo in a Trelawney. I tell people one day walking barefooted to school, for example, to be able to come build a business and I can impact the lives of over now 200,000 people all across the Caribbean. I can tell you I was scared. It has been scary over the period as a business. You have jumped out into the deep end. Many a times you feel like giving up, but what has kept us going is the passion and just that vision that we've set. And coming to the stage that we are now, it's a lot of reflection, looking back and just thanking everyone who has made this moment possible, from every teacher who made it possible, to every team member, previous and present team members, to our shareholders, our board, all our clients who have stick with us over the years, Enika, all our parents who have stick with us, stuck with us, uh, we have our governments. It, it has been a little of that since this whole thing has happened. I must be honest with you. I don't expect it to be different on the day. I must tell you this, however. I'm expecting my grandmother to be there. You know, um, you know, she she lives overseas now. My great grandmother obviously died in COVID. Wow. Um, kind of see. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. And you know, my mother and my aunt. My aunt is who took me out of the Guinea tree, took me from the country to Kingston and sent me to school. I have all of those people who will be coming and I plan to spend my birthdays on September 6th. Plan to spend that weekend with them after the listing ceremony just to reflect on what we've created. But that's the reflection that will be done then. I can tell you that my mind is already set up for what will happen now. And my motivation really, Henneke, I can tell you is to become a CEO of model that not only performs but adhere to certain governance principles and to become a model young CEO on the exchange, leading the path and, and just kind of setting it for the next person to come after me. And so I'm very excited about this moment. I'm very honored and humbled by the moment. Uh, and certainly it's been a lot of reflection for me. And you'd have to understand based on where I'm coming from. So I've not gone party yet because I've just been reflective. Yes, yes. And I totally get you. I see your passion. And if it's one thing I pray and ask for is that that passion never goes because I see the passion. I see the drive. And I just want to say congratulations to you, Ricardo, to you and your team for what you've created and the path that you're charting. You know, you're making a lot of us recognize and, and just reinforcing us that it is possible. You know, it is possible. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I want to know how my persons get in touch with you um, or if they want to reach out to the company, how can, you know, you be contacted? Well, I mean, two ways. You can contact the main line at 613-9198. That's 876-613-9198. Or you can send an email. I mean, for PR requests, obviously, you can simply send it to PR at one on one lms.com that's o-n-e-o-n-o-n-e-l-m-s.com and and you certainly can reach out or you can you know follow me on all the the social media platform and reach out to us i mean it's ricardo d allen on twitter um on linkedin you can find me there as well and on instagram it's one-on-one ricardo so you can find me you can reach out to me i feel like i'm pretty accessible in social media and you know if you want to chat and you know have a quick bit on on entrepreneurship things like you know, just motivation and inspiration and so on. I'm quite open to do that. And by the way, I really love math and, and these ideas behind math. Math. Oh my gosh. I, I can I can tell, you know, the way you reel out those numbers and you know, I can tell. All right. Thank you so much, Ricardo Allen, President and CEO of One and One Educational Services Limited. So right. 
thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm inspired and I'm motivated to go and be my best self. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Jamaica Stock Exchange and you podcast, the podcast of the Jamaica Stock Exchange with your host, Henneka Watkiss Porter. For me, like this moment, just talking with Ricardo, hearing him share his story, what it means for him and his team, what it means for the persons who would have helped him along the way, his family, you know, and, and his team and just the things that he gave up so that we could now have an opportunity to be shareholders in this company. So, you know, it's very inspirational and it just tells us and shows us what is possible when we believe, but not only believe, but we take action that is in alignment to what we actually believe. So whatever your standout moment is, we'd love to hear from you. Kindly send us your feedback at podcast.jamstockx.com or on social media at JamStockX. In the meantime, follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and You is produced by Henneke Watkins Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast and now TV show. You can find out more at HennekeWatkinsPorter.com to hear leadership and entrepreneurship lessons from guests like Zachary Harding, Les Brown, Richard Branson, Marcia Forbes, Seth Godin, Marlene Street Forest, and the list goes on and on and on. And I'm also on social media at Henneke Watkins Porter. That's all for now. See you next week. Remember, as Warren Buffett says, rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget. Rule number one, do take care.